Hey. Yo, what up? Oh, you know, just dragging in packages from outside. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard. Um, I literally, like, I heard you struggle. And without that context, it was a little concerning on this end without seeing just- any other visual. I ordered a cat tree and I think the company accidentally sent me two. So, I mean, it's not a problem, but like. What do you, you say? Know. You now have a cat forest? <laughs> See what I did there? Two trees? No? Yeah, I All did. Right. <laughs> do you know they have ones that go from like floor to ceiling that they call cat condos? I, I fucking hate everything. Why? That's just not what, what do you mean, why? You just made a fucking cat forest joke. That's, you don't get to say that. <laughs> you have no rights in this jurisdiction anymore. Um, I did know that. I just, I I don't know. I'm very excited for you and your cats, though. When are you, when are you getting them? Tomorrow. Oh, Iggy and Joan, as they, and- as they appear. <laughs> yes. That's very cute. Um... What was the delay again? What delay? Oh, like, uh, to adopt? Yeah, they just had to get uh, spayed and neutered. Oh, that's what it is. And you have to wait a certain amount of time. Yep. I had a feeling that's what it was. Mm. Yep. I thought my cat tree joke was, I mean, forcing was pretty solid. It was either that or like jungle, but that's like stupid. Listen, not I'm the- just not, a, I'm not a no. pun person. <laughs> I mean, I'm not either, but I am my funniest fan. So, um, how are you otherwise this week? I'm fine. Um, yeah, you know, same old. Watching the Mets, doing really good right now. So I was going to ask, actually, ask about this because between you, Tyler, um, our good friend Ty, who's a Mets fan, and uh, my brother-in-law, who's like the other Mets fan in my life, I've seen a lot of uh, positive posting from the three of you so i assume it's good news good news we won seven in a row so we're in first place phillies and braves lost yesterday this is my quick sports update for everyone by the time this comes out i'm hoping the mets will have won nine in a row but you know i don't want to bite off more than i can chew i don't want to get my hopes too high that is literally the what was it like the that's the mo of every mets fan can't get my hopes too high (laughs) I'm reading, actually, I'm reading a really great book right now that I recommend, even if you're not a Mets fan, just because the writing is so fun. Um, mm. Devin Gordon, uh, I believe is the name of the author, and I could be getting this wrong because it's not in front of me. It's on my nightstand. But I okay. wrote a book about the Mets called So Many Ways to Lose. Um, <laughs> and it's a story about the best, worst team in baseball, which, of course, is the Mets. Um, and it's <laughs> based around this whole premise, basically, of like, we should win when we're expected to lose and we lose when we're expected to win kind of thing. It's like, it's more than just being a bad team and that, cause it's not always the case for the Mets. Yeah. Like it's not that they're a bad team is just that they are just so unfortunate sometimes <laughs> like so unfortunate, like the things that occur are just unfortunate, but they are more fun than the Yankees every single time. Almost always. I've said this, I grew up, we, we've talked about this before maybe, but I grew up a, a Yankee fan because my dad and my brothers are big Yankee fans. But, which is funny, is that the like my mom's side of the family were all Mets fans. So, um, actually the first baseball game I ever went to was a Met game. 
because my aunt, my mom's sister, took me uh, to a Met game. And ever since I was a kid and even growing up, like my brothers would take me to Yankee games. And I've just always said that Mets games are way more fun. And I've always said McFadden city field way better than Yankee stadium. They're just, it's so, so fun. Like I have those, uh, have you watched how I met your mother? Yeah. Unfortunately. You know, like, yeah, I mean, whatever, uh, <laughs> how I met your mother, like, like the stories where it's like, it's like, the nights that you tell your friends and you look back and you're like, how the fuck did that happen? Like very how I met your mother type stories. Almost all of them have occurred at City Field Met games for me. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the Mets is also, I don't know if this was the case for you, but like my mom and my grandfather and my sister were Yankee fans and me and my dad and my uncle were Mets fans, but Mm -hmm. we only really went to Mets games. We went to a Yankee game once Uh, And I don't know if this, like I said, is the case for you, but Mets games are just more affordable. Like my mom would want to go see baseball, but, you know, we couldn't afford Yankee tickets usually, especially in the 90s. The 90s Yankees were like insane four four in a row, like World Series. Like, and I watched a lot of those games, too, because my mom would settle in with her espresso and seven o'clock meant no one else could watch anything on TV. So sometimes I would just sit there and watch with her. Um and then my dad and my uncle will be watching the Mets game on the TV downstairs. But um, no, but yeah, I, that I mean, that very well could have been the case. My like I said, my brothers actually, my oldest brother was usually the one who took me to Yankee games, and he was always working. So um, actually, the first Yankee game he ever took me to, we this is like your typical New York Brooklyn boy like approach to the game what's so funny is that my sister-in-law was with him and she's not a new yorker um and she was just like yeah this is just what he does all the time like she thought this is how people bought all of their tickets like this is what people did when they wanted to go to a baseball game my brother bought it off a scalper so we went to the game yeah we went to the game without like having tickets and i didn't know that because i would like remember asking my brother and car like oh where are we sitting like and he's like well we'll figure out when we get there like very like nonchalant when he sat there and he would talk to a scalper scalper gave him the tickets and de- like my sister-in-law is just like yeah this is like this is what we do all the time because he would bring her to games all of the time and so she just thought i think like that's how people bought tickets because it was so normal to her what he was doing because that's all she had ever probably seen right like from him and it was my first game so um but that was my, my first Yankee game but i loved it obviously because i was with him but um, I just always have found Met games. Like I've made friends at Met games. Yeah. Like, I don't know their names now. I've never talked to them again, but they were the, like, I like love those people. <laughs> yeah. Mets fans are fun because we have no expectations and are just happy to be here. Correct. We all are just truly in- happy to be invited. Yeah. I mean, also City Field now. I mean, I loved Shea Stadium, but like City Field is beautiful despite the fact that it's modeled after Ebbets Field because our former owners were such Dodger fans growing up that they turned the entirety of it a lot of Mets fans are still really mad about that because like it's more like an homage to the Dodgers than it is like a, I mean it the, there's tons of Mets stuff obviously but like the opening the place where you go in is called the Jackie Robinson Rotunda and Jackie Robinson never played for the Mets I mean amazing yeah. icon obviously you know, yeah, not for to not baseball, yeah, right. But like, 
you why don't you call that like the Tom Seaver rotunda or like, you know, like, I don't know, like, I'm just picking a, you know, because he just passed away recently, but not oh. that Jackie Robinson doesn't deserve that respect, but he is a Dodgers icon. He's not a Mets. He's a icon. Brooklyn Dodgers icon. Right, right. But Dodgers nonetheless. Right, but not the same franchise is my point. Um, mm. You know, but, that is interesting. Uh, but yeah. So, but yeah, City Field is amazing. Like I have even friends out here that are Dodger fans that always go to City Field once a year to see a Met game because they love City Field. Um, it really is a great stadium. Yeah. I The last time I was at Yankee Stadium, I went to go see David Ortiz from the Red Sox, his last game at Yankee Stadium, which I knew was going to be a mess. Because um, Yankee fans are assholes, most of them. I have very few. I have a very short list of Yankee fans that I love. Um, but, um, yeah, David Ortiz's last game at Yankee stadium. First of all, they had a sniper on the roof the entire game. I saw him at the end of the game, come down from the, cause of course we were sitting all the way at the ceiling. Um, but it was freezing that night. I had my little red Sox cap on. Sorry. I'm a petty bitch. Um, you sure are. But I had valid reasons. So I'm coming after work, right? And just in general, like I, when I lived in New York, I would always go after work to baseball games. I would go to City Field and just hop on the seven and I would just take the train all the way there, you know, go in the stadium. Like I would often have my, my work stuff with me. So sometimes my laptop was with me and City Field, they just scan your bag, they scan the laptop, whatever you go right in. Tell me why at Yankee Stadium, I get to the front of the security line and the guy sees my laptop and he's like, you can't take that in here. And I'm just like, you can scan it. I was like, I just came from work. He's like, you have to go across the street and put it in a locker. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? I just waited on this line. Now you're making me go across the street. He's like, you can't come in with that. I'm like, this is my work laptop. I'm not just leaving it in a lot. He's like, no, 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 you can't do it. So I was like, fine. I go across the street. They rent these lockers in the back of a sporting goods store across from the stadium so i'm like he's like it's ten dollars to rent a locker i was like are you fucking kidding me like i was flipping out because now on top of everything that i already paid for these fucking tickets and then of course everything in yankee stadium costs like an arm and an ovary like fucking (laughs) i'm like all right fine so i paid ten dollars to put my laptop in the locker and then uh you know whatever i went all the way back across the street waited on the security line again, and then finally got into fucking Yankee Stadium, which honestly has the worst decor I've ever seen. And I'm not being yeah, petty. I've no. been to a couple really nice baseball stadiums, and Yankee Stadium, unfortunately, is not one of them. It's like not. I will always give credit where credit is due. Like I said, the 90s teams were phenomenal. That is a good baseball team. But the stadium is disgusting. It looks like a prison yard. Anyway... The yeah. point being, so then after I we watched the game, whatever, David Ortiz got pulled in like the fourth inning to like not get him hurt. And I'm like, what? How anticlimactic. Um, <laughs> but then after the game, of course, it took me forever because everyone was across the street trying to get whatever the fuck they put in these lockers out. And the whole oh. time I'm thinking of like, this store better not like close or like, you know, <laughs> fucking yeah. tell me, you know, like I was just worried. Tell me about like it's just here now. Yeah. You know, I'm worried because it's not it's not even like my stuff. Like, first of all, I would be pissed if what some of my stuff got like jacked anywhere. Yeah. But like the fact that I'm like, I'm not trying to like lose work equipment, you know? Um yeah. so all because Yankee like, Stadium like, was being fucking oh, difficult. I don't understand. Like I just don't I mean, in the words of our I hear thing again, group Yankee fan here. I have to but 
I call it like it is in the words of Billy Walsh from Entourage. They're just a bunch of suits. Yeah, one of the fans are just suits. That's what it is. That's kind of what the book also, the book doesn't go that much into the differences, but when they come up naturally, he does point out like some of the main differences between the Mets and the Yankees because the Mets are a team that happened by accident and like they were purposely put together because New York had to have another baseball team after the Dodgers and Giants left. You know, I didn't know until right now that the Dodgers was a New York team until right now. <laughs> mm. Sorry, Giants. 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 I knew the Dodgers. Oh. I, I knew like, the Dodgers because the Brooklyn Dodgers. No, no, I, I also was um, recognizing that I'm drinking out of my Penn State mug right now and I'm wearing my Penn State alumni hat and I don't I mean saw. to be this dexed out. Uh, it's very accidental. So when I saw the blue, I then just thought, oh, like the Dodgers. But then that's why I said Dodgers. <laughs> um but I, this is not intentional whatsoever. I just, um, I'm feeling, I actually have not told you this. I'm sick with an unknown illness at this point. I've been fighting like a fever all week. Um, yeah, like really high fevers. I think it's just, um, COVID. I, no, 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 no. It's not fucking COVID. And this is what pissed me off this motherfucking week. Did you get tested. Yes. I got tested three times in 10 days. So oh, damn. Your girl, yeah, I gave my the fucking third test because my nose was so irritated from my sinuses because I'm sick, plus all the COVID testing. Uh, Wild. My, on the third one, I got a nosebleed, and I was so fucking mad because I was just, like, so irritated, you know? Um, but I'm pissed off because being sick during a pandemic with not the thing that, that's going around in the pandemic is really fucking difficult. <laughs> like, so... My, I, I like finally met with my doctor and they looked at me and they were like, oh, it's just probably viral. Like it's just going to have to run its course. And I'm like, okay, cute. Um, but then to get them to see me. So I got tested for COVID originally May 1st. And then I have the at-home rapids. So yes. a couple of days later, um, even though what I'm feeling are not really COVID symptoms. I have swollen lymph nodes. Like if you told me I had mono, I would believe you. Like that's how I've been feeling. Um, but I had mono in college, so whatever. Um, I have very swollen lymph nodes. And then until Monday, like that's when I spiked a fever. So until then, I never really, like, I just felt tired and run down. So I'm like, hmm, this isn't COVID, but whatever. I got COVID tested just in case. Like I tested a few days later, it was negative and it was PCR. Then I waited another couple of days and I did my at-home rapid. It was negative. I tell my doctor, like, hey, I really need somebody to take a look at me, like physically look at me, not a fucking telehealth appointment. I need like someone to feel my lymph nodes and I need to have someone to look at my throat, my sinuses, all this shit. Because like I was told I had an ear infection two weeks ago. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Like, is this linked to that? And they were like, well, we can't see you until we like until you've tested negative for COVID. So we're going to send you for a COVID test. I'm like, I, I, I just tested negative twice for COVID. Like they're like, yeah, well we need another more updated lab. So then I got the fucking runaround and I was like, you know what? Luckily my job had just given me the go get tested. Cause you have, to, they basically test you like every like two to three weeks. Yeah. So I was like, I have to get tested for work anyway. I'll go tomorrow morning. Like, as opposed to, I was like going at the end of this week. Um, they were like, okay, that works. We'll do a telehealth just in case. So I scheduled a telehealth. So I went Tuesday morning to get my COVID, third COVID test, uh, gave myself, it was a nosebleed. Um, that was a positive, was the nosebleed. COVID, again, the third test was negative. And 
then I saw the doctor on telehealth and he looked at me and he was like, you know, you should really come in. You do not look good. Like just, just come in. And I was like, fuck you. I was so annoyed. But what I really wanted when I emailed them Monday to be like, Hey, can someone see me? Is I really wanted blood work. Cause at this point I have been feeling sick for like the last two to three weeks that I'm like, I think I need blood work done. Like, like something like more needs to be yeah you know, done. Just to check. They said, yeah. They said to me again, well, the blood work place that like we have up here, do you have, uh, this is like, I know every region is different, but for us predominantly it's Quest. Is yeah. it really, is Quest yours over there as well? Uh, I think it's Quest, yeah, or LabCorp. Mm. Um, I know LabCorp I, is the other big one. I have a really good clinic, so one of the benefits of living in a gayborhood is that, <laughs> man, it's so easy to just walk up and get a blood test done. Like. Mm. I like rolled in there and I was like, they're like, you haven't been for a well check in a minute. I was like, yeah, I just want to see if my blood works okay. They're like, all right, well, we'll do the well check and then we'll draw blood in the same unit. Didn't have to go anywhere else. Like it was one, two, three. Then I had a follow up like a couple days later and he's like, everything looks good. So, yeah. Well, so I said to them, I was like, I really want to go for blood work. And they were like, oh, like we can't really send you for blood work if you're sick because, you know, with COVID quest isn't gonna see you and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about i'm like but i just tested negative. i know for a third time i just tested negative for covid but they were like admin like no 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 so i finally went to see him in person he checked me out he's like yeah your lymph nodes are really swollen um he's like let's do a strep like let's do strep although i don't have my tonsils so it's really hard to tell if you have strep without your tonsils um because i used to have chronic strep so i had to get my tonsils removed and um he looked, he, the, the rapid came back negative and so the overnight culture, they were like, it's going to take a few days. And he said, if that comes back negative, we'll, we'll revisit blood work. So then I got my negative yesterday. And then finally I was like, look, sir. Yeah. I was like, I really respect what you're doing here. But at this point, like, I kind of like, I, I joke and say like, I bullied him, but I basically like drew the line. And I was like, sir, I respect what you're doing here. I understand where you're at. I've tested negative for COVID three times. Let me deal with Quest and their concern around my symptoms. You put the script in and do the thing you're supposed to do. And I'll do the thing I'm supposed to do. I'll let you know how it goes tomorrow. He's like, all right, great, fine. Finally, like they give me the okay. I, Cola, I walk in this morning. I sit my ass down as a walk-in appointment. She calls me in. She takes my temperature as they do for everybody. I don't have a fever because I'm on a fever reducer. Shout out to Tylenol. And uh, she drew my fucking blood and she sent me on my merry fucking way. Well, I'm glad this story had a happy ending. But all of this pushback, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, finally I got an okay on Thursday. For 15 minutes of my fucking life, done. Um, So the pandemic really like fucked me this week. So I still have not been feeling great. Uh, the other thing that I have been laughing at this week, though, have you been seeing the gasoline shortage memes? Yeah, what the fuck is going on? Is that happening, like, not on the West Coast? It's, okay, so it's not. This is what's so, this is what's, okay, it's not funny, but it's funny. So basically. It's pretty funny, these fucking idiots putting gasoline in plastic bags. Well, th- this is why they're so fucking stupid. So, like the Colonial Pipeline or or something like that. Some some company basically had their uh, like their servers hacked, okay. and 
for ransom. Like these hackers wanted like $5 million in order for them to like, so basically it shut down all the pipeline operations, right? Which I keep seeing, I can't believe you haven't then seen the meme, like all these hackers, y'all still don't, you, you haven't infiltrated the student loan debt to hack yet, but everything else you find a fucking way to hack except student loan debt. Priorities. <laughs> um, so they have five, So basically this fucking, the oil company pays these hackers $5 million. They paid the ransom to get the, to, to get their systems back. And basically the only thing it was going to impact, and this was like said from the very beginning, was that predominantly the, the people impacted with this was going to be the South. So like I know North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and it was going to impact them by like a week. So literally a week they were going to go without like having easily accessible gas. Nothing astronomical. They said in the long term, the effects were really going to be for like truckers and airlines. Well, it went on social media and people, including New Yorkers, including New Yorkers. Shame on you. Shame on you. I was embarrassed. Lost their fucking minds and started hoarding gas, which thus is creating a gas shortage. Because right, like when we hoard and we and we we buy in excess, we cre- we create the demand, just like the toilet paper in 2020. Like people are are fucking stupid. So people have gone nuts, but all of the memes have been so funny. And this morning, I actually interacted with a woman. Um, this is how I know social media impacts our minds the way, like on the daily. I saw a woman in the blood workplace who was a real piece of work and in my mind I was just like you look like a fucking gas hoarder and I could not stop laughing at my own joke because of the impact that social media's memes have had on my mind no one else around me would have gotten it probably that's gonna be a new way of saying so you're stupid what are you a gas hoarder I still (laughs) am particularly fond of mine which is what are you brand new what are you brand new act like you've been somewhere before oh it's my favorite (laughs) one uh but the highlight of my week besides the Mets winning seven games in a row is yes the friends reunion has finally been announced I know and let me just say a lot of people are hating on this because a lot of people are hating hate on friends in general and I completely respect and understand that but this is the one thing I will be completely basic about and that show. Yes. I'm well aware that show does not re- represent New Yorkers as a whole. And it's, I don't know if it was listen things. One thing can't be everything anyway. So right. but the point is it's definitely very near and dear to my heart. Cause I grew up watching it. And um, yeah, I am excited about it. I did realize that I, I misunderstood. I thought it was going to be like a reunion episode, but it, it's mm-hmm. just like a, just yeah. reunion special. So a little bit bummed about that because it would have been cool just for like a quick check-in episode. I don't need a full reboot. Um, Ross is toxic as fuck. Um, but <laughs> yeah, don't, uh, I don't really care where. I feel like they would have. Do you think Ross and Rachel end up divorced? 100%. If she has any self-respect, she should divorce him. She should have never gotten off the plane. I know. She literally Paris. But everybody in the 90s and I guess early 2000s when it ended, uh, you know, was so obsessed with them as a couple. And every yeah. time I go back and rewatch episodes, I'm like, what an awful person. But I think that's why it's so satisfying when bad things happen to him. Uh, Ross is always <laughs> somebody that you root against. And I feel like in some always. subconscious way, like the show knows that because they 
continuously let him like be like the butt of the joke or like the downfall Mm -hmm. in some way. Um, I still have my plan that I've been saying for years that I've yet to execute of writing an episode of Friends from Susan and Carol's perspective. Um, I know I would love that. It's, I, it's, really I keep that. saying it because I think it's a great, funny idea, but it would, it's actually like executing it is so difficult. Like, I think what I would have to do is pick an existing episode that they're in um, yeah. and like write it from the other way, from the other way around, if that makes sense. Yeah, you should do like one. I think one of the best episodes that would be really funny would be um, the episode where Carol <laughs> and Susan, well, the three of them give birth to Ben and yeah. everybody's in the hospital. Cause all the friends are involved in that episode. Phoebe, Phoebe and uh, Susan, right? Yes. Phoebe, Susan and Ross all get stuck in the closet. So like, and then there's the friends outside. So they all interact in some way. So that would be like, that would be really great. funny or their yes. wedding or the, or the lesbian wedding. I love that. I love that. I mean, Ross has a lot of really homophobic jokes, but uh, like I, I constantly like say this all the time, how homophobic he is to his ex-wife. Um, yeah. But uh, Carol is just a fucking joy because she always claps back at him. And I know we were supposed to hate Carol, but I fucking love Carol. I always loved I Carol. Loved I loved her. Just like, yeah. Ross, like even before, like I fully understood like the depths of internalized homophobia. I'm just like, Ross is just being a dick. Like he, there was that time he shows up to their house. He's like, Wow, you guys sure have a lot of books on being a lesbian. And Carol goes, "Yeah, well, you know, you have to take a class, or they don't let you do it." <laughs> but I think what's so what's so funny is I I think with Ross's character specifically, right? Like, and Monica hates him for this is that he's mommy and daddy's favorite. He's the golden boy. He's the son, right? Like he's. Yeah. he's So he's not used to not getting what he wants. So he's a brat, right? A passive aggressive brat in every other aspect of his life. So he's, he's, he has too much of an ego. So he can't admit that what happened with Carol and Susan hurt him and God forbid anybody in the nineties fucking went to therapy. So they didn't (laughs) know how to heal, right? Like that trauma or work through that trauma. Um, So it, it, he, he has to be a brat. But he, like you said, I think the show does it on purpose because, like, he's always the butt of the jokes. Like, um, pretty much. Like, I, so I was watching a couple episodes last night when I couldn't sleep. And because that's been, I go through like periods where I don't watch it for like months. And then I'm like, I put it back on. It always cracks me up, like, never fails to like make <laughs> me laugh. So I'm just like, but I was just watching that episode where Ross proposes to Emily. Uh, his Mm. British girlfriend and he like they've been dating six weeks and he Mm -hmm. is adamant uh, she lives in London giving context for people who are never going to watch it and rightfully so Um, (laughs) she lives in London and after six weeks he's adamant that she gives up her entire life and moves to the US for him and I'm like what the fuck like I don't understand and what's then she's like well why don't you move to to London my British accent is terrible um (laughs) And he's like, I can't leave Ben. Um, And I'm like, all right, fine. I get that. But like, just because she doesn't have a kid, you want her to uproot her whole life like for you. And then he proposes to her because he's like, well, if we're married, then it'll make sense for you to do that. And that's just like, he's a brat. He doesn't like he doesn't know how to not get what he wants. Girl, that's a huge red flag. And then thankfully, she only comes to her senses after he says Rachel's name 
at the wedding and then refuses. I guess they couldn't pay that actress to show up on the show anymore on top of it because then you just don't <laughs> see her anymore. And she, it's just, I mean, rightfully so, though. It's just assumed that, like, she's just mad at Ross and, like, not yeah, talking to him. Yeah, ever going to talk to him again. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. It's kind of like a, so I'm watching, so I'm doing the rewatch of Sex and the City right now. And I remember we used to, we've talked about this before, but we used to root for Carrie and Big. Like, used to root for them to be together. I did not. Okay, well, like most people. The collective, yes. Yes. I'm in the rewatch now. I fucking, I told you, I hate Carrie. I am even more, I've always loved Aiden more than Big, but now I, I really love Aiden. I can't stand Big. Like, I'm like seeing it like through this whole different lens, but the way the story was written in the timeline, you are as a you as a consumer, you are puppeteered to believe and want that this, even though it is toxic, that they end up together. And so it's the same with Ross and Rachel. Um, even though I did just watch the episode where Big moves to California to Napa. Oh yeah, and she goes. Uh, she goes, I'm tired of New York. And she goes, so you take a Napa, you don't move to Napa. Literally one I, of my favorite lines. Iconic line. Iconic. Uh, the whole show, oh, the whole show also has a bunch of um, like even more iconic lines. Like when you watch it as an adult, like um, Carrie, like Carrie's like going through the single phase right now. They actually just went to Atlantic city and it's such a funny fucking episode, but um they say, she says to Carrie, like, why do I need to go out on dates anymore when I could always have guaranteed fun with the four of you? And Samantha goes, oh, honey, you're cute, but I will never fuck you. Like, <laughs> such a quick one, quick line. And I'm like, oh, yeah. that is a great, oh. great line. I know we but, wanted to focus on the Friends reunion on this episode, but isn't that show coming back? It's a re- They're rebooting it. Yes, but, yes but Samantha is not, not going to be there. Okay, so mm-hmm. my curiosity, since uh, what's her name, Jessica Parker, has such a grudge with uh, what's Kim Cattrall. Kim uh, Cattrall, yeah. I, yeah, I'm like wondering if she's gonna like legit kill this bitch off, like when we rejoin the, which would be so dark and unnecessary. But you never know. Um, she could, because she remember she had cancer. Like they I left know, a lot of things on a cliffhanger with her. No, no, no. She had beaten cancer. So that's why I'm just like, that would be so fucked to be like, she had her, she was in remission and then she wasn't and now she's dead. No, um, I know. But by cliffhanger, I mean like with what they would do with her character collectively, like oh, in like I the see. last movie and whatnot, like things aren't always put it like put pinned in or right. like, put a button on whatever the fucking phrase is, you know what I'm trying to say. Put um, it, yeah. Th- so I, they could very well kill her. I, um. Is it a movie? Look. No, it's this. I think it's going to be a reboot, a couple episodes maybe, but I have to double check on that. But I don't think mm. it's going to be as fun because Samantha's like one of the best characters. Jessica Parker was like the most boring character on that show. Carrie's um, the worst. Like, obviously, Miranda is always my favorite. <gasps> I was always the Miranda because everyone thought I was mean and sarcastic and no, 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 clearly no. Miranda? underlying tones of lesbian. But, but yes, but in the rewatch, she is my favorite character now. I've always She's loved Samantha. Samantha was my favorite. I loved Charlotte. Now I can't stand Charlotte. Now I can't stand Carrie. Um, Miranda. So Carrie was like, um, I stooped to my lowest low to go out on a blind date. And just as she's like going on her rampage, they just cut to Brandon. She goes, God, I miss dating. Cause she just had a baby. 
<laughs> and her facial expressions are everything. Or when she just had the kid and um, Carrie's coming over to talk to her about something and she takes out her nipples to breastfeed. And Carrie's like, your nipples are huge. And she goes, I know, aren't they? Like, she's, she's the, like, Miranda is now in the rewatch, my my favorite character. But There's a book that I very much plan on reading called We Should All Be Miranda's. Uh, and I'm very excited about it. It's on my wish list. I haven't bought it yet, but yeah. She's the most relatable. Charlotte is now, and Carrie are the most annoying. Samantha and I, Miranda are the most relatable. So you see why I, I said that Charlie was my least favorite. Although now I realize I kind of always had a little bit crush on the actress that plays Charlotte. Uh, what's her name? Kristen. Is her name Kristen? Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, God. Kristen. Any, Go ahead. It'll the come po- to me. The, the point is, it's it's now I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, shit. Right. Yeah. That seems about right. Like, Kristen Davis. That Kristen was Davis. Ugh. Like... Yeah. Amazing. Like, she's also just, like, a wonderful person, apparently, too, which is always nice to hear. I don't know how I feel about Sarah Jessica Parker um, as a person. I know, obviously, we know Cynthia Nixon is a fucking dream. And Kim Cattrall, I don't know about her as a person either, but... It doesn't matter. Kim Cattrall is the heart and soul, of, to me, of Sex and the City. She is the sex. She is. Which, which is what Cody Rigsby from Peloton, when he because he goes on, like, his little, like, tirades during cycling classes... Um, he literally says, like when he when that was announced, he goes, "How are y'all gonna have sex in the city without the sex?" That, there you go. That is like Kim Cattrall is sex in Sex in the City, but I'm excited that they're doing them as episodes and not another movie because the movies to me always feel so forced, like always I like didn't, glamorized. Yeah. You know, I didn't like the movies. I, I've seen both of them with you and Kristen. We watched them, and I was because I you you guys maybe watch them because I was like I have no interest in this. Like, <laughs> I like the series. I just didn't give a fuck about the movies. Like they were okay. They seemed unnecessary, honestly. Like the second one was definitely unnecessary. I did like the first one. Um, I'll tell you why the first one felt unnecessary because it's just rehashing like the entirety of the series in a movie. Yeah. Like, we know the issue with Big and Carrie, like and commitment. This, yeah, right. And it's just like this again. Y'all just like y'all ended the series where you were off that, you know, like, yeah. and we had found yeah. this happy place with them. So like, he's a, also this motherfucker's a grown man. Like, you can't have him acting like this like at this stage. Again. You know? Yeah, again, no. like. And if, if that was the case, she really just straight up shouldn't have married him. Like, yeah, and, and it was just very, like, very weak plot, very weak justifications for things that were happening. Um, but yeah, I so do, that's why I felt like the first one was also unnecessary. I do love, though, the Stephen Miranda storyline in the movie because it was going to happen. It had to happen because never there was no part in the series where... Like, I don't feel like Steve and Miranda ever really, like, reflected on their relationship. And, like, Miranda needed him the way it was in the movie. So I did love, I did love that part of the movie. You're right. Of the movie. Brooklyn Bridge. The fucking Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, Steve. When they meet. Oh, my God. I die. I love Steve. Um, I I am Steve, actually. You know how they're just like, (laughs) are you a Carrie, a Miranda, or Charlotte, or I'm, I'm Steve, unfortunately. I love Steve is the best male character on that show besides um, Stanford. I also love him. Stanford's really great. Stanford uh, and Anthony are are amazing characters. Anthony's a Stanford, little fucking quip. 
Stanford and Anthony are very like gay stereotype, but that comes, I think, from the gay men that were probably writing for the show. Yeah. Like very like white gay, uh, you know, bitchy queen. Well, that was the that was the only gay that existed outwardly in the 90s, right? Like any other type of gay didn't exist because of, you know, now what we know about like gender norms or gender conforming, right? Like, or, or sexuality expression. Um, now that we know that it, like there's different ways of being, you know, butch, masculine, feminine, like all these other things, androgynous, I, there's yeah. so many different layers, but that didn't exist in the nineties. So the writers who were probably writing it, like you said, were that type of gay or only knew that type of gay. For sure. And honestly, I do give them props in the sense that both of them were kind of very femmy. Like, mm-hmm. in even in the gay community, I feel like femmes are still kind of frowned upon. Um, like, hmm. no femmes is, like, a very, like, it's, like, a lot of, there's a lot going on there. But, like, femmes are yeah. still, maybe not as much anymore. Like, I don't know. I'm not a gay man. But I, that just from what I've been, you know, told from, like, gay friends and, you know, I, I've, people who have used like grinder and stuff and you know it there's still a lot of that going on um but yeah i don't know I, yeah they that's actually also a really good point too because i do feel like even like the what's the word i'm looking for not romanticizing but again like the glamorizing of the more like the gay man that looks straight you know what i mean or like the yeah like your man's man gay is more glamorized. Like bears is like more glamorized. Like the, the husky beardy men. Oh God, I do too. I think they're fucking adorable. I know. Amazing. I know two people in my life that identify as bears. And every time they talk about it, I, I just melt because they genuinely are so passionate about it. And it's so, so cute. Um, But anyway, I think you're right though, that like, the the ones that are there definitely portrayed although stanford portrays in like the like i feel like anthony is the more stereotypical gay that was portrayed in the 90s like the flamboyant loud good looking handsome right stanford is not those things and so he was like really more the outlier he also wanted like love he didn't just want sex and that's also very that's also another outlier for a lot of the the gay community is um, to like to want romance, right? Like it's just like they're very stereotyped as like just very raw sexual beings like Anthony, who's just very out and about about these things. So I, I love, I love Steve though. He's probably my favorite male character. Hands, hands down. I say I'm like, I'm a, I'm Steve because I'm from New York and you know, Steve's life is like, I would love to own a bar, like, in Queens. And like, well, you're a Met fan, and you're a Met fan. Yeah. Oh, my God. I We're going to sidetrack again for a minute. But my favorite bar in Queens is Cronin and Felon. It's off of Steinway Street in Astoria. I don't remember mm-hmm. the cross street, unfortunately. But um, it is a Mets bar. The bartender, mm-hmm. I think his name is Dave, if he's still there, does magic tricks. And the first Hi, time Dave. I ever... <laughs> the first time we ever went there uh he we just sat there and he was doing magic tricks for us with cards um and uh and the and it's a Mets bar and so I when the Mets were going on their run in 2015 I went and watched like the a couple games there and the people in that bar are like 
neighborhood people that have lived for, in Queens forever. And it's very much like a, like I had an old cop accost me and like this wonderful <laughs> older woman who was telling me about how she used to live in Long Island City with her roommate who ran off with this guy on a motorcycle. Like I absolutely <laughs> loved her. I could sit there talking to her all day. And oh, you know, I was still like drinking that. at the time, but I was just like, this is probably what I'll just become one day, one of these alcoholics that just sits in the car. <laughs> but um yeah, the cop, the ex-cop was a piece of shit, but he wasn't like being outwardly rude. He was just like I still looked very like feminine at the time. So he was saying it was a sin that I was gay and not in a sin as in like Jesus is going to make you burn in hell, but a sin because apparently I was so pretty that it sucks that I wasn't straight. Like, like it's a waste of prettiness because pretty you much like, 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 I, like he basically like he dropped a piece of meat on the floor and was like, what a sin. <laughs> like a good piece of filet mignon or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so, but anyway, he wasn't, you know, it's funny because like some people might take that and like be like, I mean, I was definitely like annoyed, but I was like, he's like not, he's harmless, you know, like that kind of thing. There are way worse men that you could have encountered on that bar. Yeah. That day. And I have. So like, you know, it That's was just, I, he just wanted to talk to, I was like, I just wanted to talk to him about baseball. He's like, before you were born, I was like, easy buddy. Like I know my stuff. Like don't fucking come with the before you were born shit. That was offending me more than anything else. <laughs> you were definitely more informed than most, uh, like most people I feel like our age in the realm of baseball. Well, and a lot of things in life in general, you're a very bright human, but I mean in particular on brand with your story to, to, to baseball and knowledge of, of the, of like, I feel like even like, you know, things about like hockey too. Like just like once you, not to throw your own quote at you, but you do everything like an addict. Like once you get really, really passionate <laughs> about something, you are like fully invested and memorize and absorb everything about it that well, yeah, you're informed. I mean, that's, well, yeah, again, that is very true. I do everything like an addict. So when I like something, I really obsess over it. But baseball has always been the obsession from day one. Um, mm-hmm. So but but just in general with any sport like we didn't really grow up in a hockey household so like i decided someone was like you probably like hockey it's fast and violent and i'm like yeah you're right we just never really watched it like growing up um Mm. so uh and i couldn't be a rangers fan because i had very negative experiences with a lot of them in like bars in new york when i was performing um So I was like, I, but honestly, but my point of this is to just say like, like, okay, I started watching hockey maybe like four or five years ago. And yeah, I know a lot about it because like legit, like if you're interested even vaguely in getting into sports, like you don't, first of all, don't listen to those fucking gross ass gatekeepers about anything. If you, Mm -hmm. if there's a sport you might be interested in and you don't know the first thing about it, literally, if you just sit and watch a game every night or every other night, depending on what sport you're watching, like baseball's on almost every night. So Mm. you could legit, like you will just pick things up. Like you will learn things that you didn't know previously. Like Mm -hmm. I, for a long time, I didn't understand how offside really worked in hockey, but then like after watching a couple games, I was just like, I'm like, Oh, I see. Like, I didn't know what icing was at first, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, you know, you kind of just like, just sit and watch. And if you're enjoying it, like, you know, just enjoy it. Like, you know, I don't know. They say that um, newer sport fandoms, like diehard fandoms are um, not really formed after childhood. So like, I love the Kings because I moved out here and, Mm -hmm. you know, I started going to Kings games and so fun. And I, they're definitely my hockey team now. Um, 
But do I feel as strongly about them as I do the Mets? No. No. And I never will. Like, I enjoy the Dodgers when they're not playing the Mets. And they won the World Series last year. And I was super stoked because, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, but it does not feel the same. And it won't feel the same because I don't have the same attachment to that team. I'm never going to, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, the Mets are the only team I've followed since I was, like, eight years old. So, you know, I don't know if that that theory is completely true but if anybody out there started watching a certain team like after a certain age like let me know and let me know how diehard you are about them because that it was like a study they did and i read it on like bloomberg or some shit like a couple i feel like that is true though because the key to to me the key to like diehard fandom is a piece of it is nostalgia and do you have nostalgia without the childhood component you know like so for me right like like like, it depends how many years well, so to me, like, I will never, uh, I wouldn't call myself a diehard fan of the Yankees or the Mets, um, but it will always be more sentimental and heartfelt to me when either of those teams win, because I can place myself in, you know, my aunt's living room, right, watching the Mets game, or I could place myself sitting on my dad's lap watching the Yankees win the World Series. So it's like, can you have like to me the diehard fandom component has to have some piece of nostalgia and you know when you're 21 years old and you get involved in sports I'm not saying you can't be a diehard fan but where like you have to at least then give it time because then nostalgia like childhood nostalgia then has to have a piece there somewhere you know what I mean that that's what it is to me yeah yeah no that makes 100% sense because it's like you know, I don't know about you, but when we were growing up, we had kids in my class that were like diehard like Cowboys fans in like or Dallas Cowboys. Their parents. Mm-hmm. Because their parents, but also like what team was good in like the early 90s that, you know, they remember watching. And it's like, that's another thing that they say also has a lot to do with it. Like the Mets were good in the 90s, like mm-hmm. in the late 90s, you know, when I started watching them and they were coming off of them being good when my dad would watch them in the 80s, like, you know, and so that championships have a lot to do with that. It's why people are like Lakers fans that don't live anywhere near Los Angeles or Miami yeah. Heat fans that like are fucking live in like Minnesota, you know, like yeah. it's because depending on what team or sometimes people become a fan of a team because of a particular player. Um, but yeah, the nostalgia aspect, nostalgia for glory. That, that does make sense. Um, what we said, sorry, what we said before reminded me of, you know, so you said Sex and the City is going to be episodes, like miniseries episodes. I think so. Uh, I could double check on that, but I know we're, so to kind of like go back to the friends thing for a second. And I only, cause so when I just said my aunts, like I remember sitting in my aunt's room, my aunt's actually the one that I used to watch all my friends episodes with. So Thursday Aww. nights were like, so when I'm thinking of like the nostalgia, it came back to me, but I remember them. I was thinking, I'm like, why didn't they make this special a series? But I do remember distinctly in the, there's an interview with Martha Kaufman, who's one of the oh, writers yeah. and creators of the show. And then she said like, why it'll never be. So I knew it wasn't going to be episodes because of this I figured it was just going to be like a they all sit down on the couch and just talk about the series um I knew this because she said and this kind of goes to the point of what we we always say about friends right like it was a product of its time Mm -hmm. is 
it's it's supposed to represent the time in your life where your friends are your family. That's okay. what the show is supposed to be, right? It's through your 20s, through your early 30s, where your friends are your family. And there's not going to ever be a reunion movie or reunion series because they've moved on. That's the point of them leaving New York City, those apartments, is they've moved on right? They've gotten families, they've gotten married, they all live each other, they're still friends, right? Like they're together forever in some way, but um, it's no longer about them in the city being friends because they had to move on. So there's no point in doing a reunion or something like that because we've moved on just like, it, you know, it's a product of his time. I don't want to be judged for what I did in my 20s in my 30s. That you know is I mean? an excellent point i think that's brilliant i mean i think that's brilliant what you just said but also what martha kaufman how and i think more shows need to do that because mm-hmm. there's some stuff that yeah i'll watch it if you do a reboot but i'm like it's not gonna like i watched a couple of the will and grace reboot episodes and it was fun but i'm just like why are will and grace still living together they're like 50 now <laughs> you know like they're all caricatures of themselves though Right. And I think any show that goes on too long, I said that about 30 Rock as well. I love 30 Rock, big 30 Rock fan. Mm -hmm. Like that is like to me the perfect template of a show for if you want to write good jokes. Like, Mm -hmm. but 30 Rock by like the fourth and fifth season toward the, maybe by, yeah, I would say the fourth and fifth season um, started to become, yeah, the characters become caricatures of themselves. And then you're Mm -hmm. just like, this is a little annoying now. Like the the groundedness and like 30 Rock wasn't very grounded to begin with, but actually that's not true. I thought it was. The first couple of seasons were very much Tina Fey writing from that. Like this was my experience on Saturday Night Live and I'm putting it, translating mm-hmm. those experiences into this show. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere in season four, we just went right off the rails and it was just <laughs> like a cartoon almost. But the jokes were still pretty good. Yep. Um the writing was always good, but like it was just more like, well, I missed kind of missed the groundedness of like this show. It seemed a little bit like crazy, like Kenneth could fucking live forever. Like I know we had like subtle like hints to that, but I don't I don't know. I was just it was just a little much after a while. But yeah, I think Kenneth Hoffman, the page. <laughs> uh I yeah. I, I agree with that, that the more shows should probably um follow suit but I but then I also I think that speaks to the same thing that we always say is like why friends couldn't happen now is because those characters are not supposed to exist right now they were care like they were real quote-unquote real 20 something year olds living in New York City from New York may I add we talk about this a lot how like that's why we love Seinfeld Another reason we love Friends is because every single one of them is from New York, right? Joey's from Queens, Monica, Ross, I think Chandler and Mon- and Rachel are all from Long Island. Phoebe's from New York City, but she's like a, what do you call it? Not an aristocrat. What's it like? Like a vagabond? Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking vagabond. Let's go. That's an SAT word for you all right there. Um, but they like they're all from New York City in the 90s because they could afford it, even though like, LOL. <laughs> You couldn't afford it. Well, the 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 thing that people always pick on about that show is fucking Monica's apartment, right? Which they do mention that is un, is a leased under her grandmother's name, and apparently it's rent controlled. It's rent controlled, yeah. Right, 
Um, so, I mean, do I believe that her and Rachel could afford it on a chef and a waitress salary? Probably not. Um, but you don't know. Like, there's some rent control places, like, that were, like, I forgot my mom was telling me that an old friend of our family lived on St. Mark's Place until she died. And she only paid, like, 400 bucks in rent or something. I was just going to say, they just said it in an episode of Sex in the City where Carrie is trying to figure out if she can buy her apartment or not. Her apartment is rent controlled for $750 a month, which even then was insane. Like, that didn't exist. I so, mean, yeah. Again, so I mean, people are... She, th- that might have been the case but what annoys me more about that episode is that carrie's a grown fucking woman in her 30s and she has like no money in her bank account she's a woman who lives in her shoes okay she spent but, forty thousand dollars on shoes girl, no <laughs> um she, she when i also calculated that when vogue paid her 450 dollars a word for a 500 word article i'm like they paid her two thousand dollars to write a 500 word article I think I did that math correctly when I calculated yeah. it. I also had 103 yeah. fever, people, so fuck off if I did. Um, She's, like, seeing the numbers in front of her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did that math correctly. But, yeah, I was like, hold on a second. Like, are you that good of a writer? But, again, it was a different It was a different time. Just so, again, friends should not exist right now because no 20-something-year-old in the 90s doing what they did, like, had uh, – like a diverse lens or an inclusive lens or an LGBTQ forward friendly inclusive lens. Like, right. That's how we got here. That's why we have Gen Z now, like, because it took a lot of building to get to where we are now. So I know a lot of people do shit on it, but I'm still super fucking hyped for the special just because there's like the six of them are sitting down and I like love behind the scene type stuff, but yeah, I was. Did you see this? I was a little surprised to see that there's going to be like a lot of guest appearances, like guest stars. Yes. So here's the thing about that. I'm a little concerned because it's like I don't want to hear from these fuckos. I want to hear from the cast. But yeah. it seems like I mean, aside from like Justin Bieber on that list, I'm I don't know about that. But um, you know, it seems like otherwise, um, it's people that might have been influenced. Like Mindy Kaling's on that list, and I can imagine she's definitely been heavily influenced by that as a writer. Well, well, some of them have been, that are guest starring have appeared on the show. So I know like Tom Selleck yes, was Tom named Selleck, as one yeah. of them. Reese Witherspoon, she plays Rachel's sister, which is, Yo. I <laughs> wish they would have brought that character back more. Like yeah. her, well, Christina Applegate was definitely the, the funnier, outrageous yeah. sister. First but- of all, mm, could not have been, first of all, Christina Applegate, one of my childhood crushes, just in general, used to watch Married with Children just because mm-hmm. of her. Kelly um, Bundy. Oh, Kelly Bundy, girl, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, that casting for Rachel's sisters, Reese Witherspoon and Christina Applegate, like, my God, you could not have gotten better casting to go with Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> no one, especially fucking Christina Applegate's character. There, like, some episodes, some of the most iconic lines in an episode were her character, where she's like, where they're going, um, she keeps calling Emma Emily, <laughs> and she thinks that that's Phoebe's name. And they go, or no, no, they're they're going. Um, no, she doesn't think it's Emily. Whatever it is, and she goes. Basically, she's like, Emily, they're calling you. And she goes, Phoebe. And she goes, Why does she keep making that noise? Like <laughs> some of the funniest like lines in the show come from her. So you're 100 like her. Reese Witherspoon, like I said, I wish they would have done like another episode with Reese coming back because 
that one episode with her was fantastic where she try, tries to date um, Ross. Yeah. Did, they never oh. did an episode where both of her sisters are in it, right? That sounds like it was too, probably too expensive for them at the time. Absolutely. But. No, no. But, but uh, still great, though. But they're, so I'm, I'm excited to see, like, a lot of the other people come back that have already been on the show. But, like, James Corden. Why Yo, do I need to know James know Corden? I don't know this is, like, the unpopular opinion, but I don't like him at all. Every time he does a gay thing, I feel like he's being aggressively homophobic. Like, I don't like him either. I know people like, that what? love him. I think he's, I think it's all fake. Do you remember I, how yeah. in the emoji movie he played the hand? That's how I see him in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen the emoji movie, but I don't need to have seen it to know that what you just said is correct. Like, first of all, I've, I just want to clarify. I've also not seen the emoji movie. I saw the trailer and they're like, James <laughs> Corden as the hand. I'm like, yeah, that's the only casting that seems appropriate for this film. <laughs> Correct. He's I no, I don't like him either. That's that's definitely not a hot take. But um, what I'm most excited for also is that it's coming out. It is on HBO Max, but it's finally on May 27th, which is Bro's birthday. Bro, our good friend, Bro, who's been on this show, our number one fan or one of our number one fans. Um, it's on her birthday. So now, even though it's like we're supposed to because it's her 30th birthday that time around. So we're supposed to be going out. Um, I'm trying to figure out. um is it going to be released like at night? Like, how am I watching it on the 27th to then um, r- report back? Because uh, I'm going to have some thoughts. So we'll, so do you we'll have HBO Max? Do, I do have HBO Max. HBO is the only extra service that I pay for because I realized uh, I will get Showtime again when the L word comes out and then I will promptly cancel it. But um, I keep HBO because more of the stuff I watch is usually on HBO. So I'm like, I always go back to watching like, well now, especially since they have friends and stuff, but I always go back to watching friends or sex in the city or the Sopranos or looking, um, you know, all my shows are like on HBO. So I am surprised. So I don't have like through YouTube TV, we have the, the access to HBO, like through like the addition through YouTube TV. But, um, I don't know if it will be on YouTube TV, like the HBO edition there, or if you actually need like an HBO Max login. So I'm going to have to figure that out. But either way, I will make sure that I watch it so that you and I then can do an episode on what we actually thought of it. We'll definitely be recapping. I'm I'm very, very excited. I also just think it's really cute that they've all like stayed friends. Do you follow any like or look at them any at all on Instagram? Just my queen, Jennifer Aniston. But um, she's so fucking flawless. The best. Amazing. I, I love really, every I love and support everything she does. Um I do yeah. I really do too. To me, she's just like timeless. Someone tried to say recently though that like um her age is starting to show. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Don't even if care. Don't even care, but also she it's starting to show now and she's like, isn't she like in her fifties? Yeah. She looks amazing. Like First of all, age starting to show. I just want to say before we wrap up here, and we definitely do because my Instacart's arriving, but uh, (laughs) age starting to show is not a bad thing. Like everybody gets old. It only seems to be a thing for women, first of all. Nobody says to George Clooney his age is starting to show. They're like, look at that handsome salt and pepper bastard. So (laughs) You're 100% correct. Um, I'm just saying. And that's the note I want to go out on. You know what? I have nothing else to say. Everybody will talk about the Friends reunion after it's played. <laughs> Good luck with your Instacart order. Um, and we love Jennifer Aniston. We but do. We do. All right. I'm Anna. 
Tom Cola. And this has been We Are Two Broads from Brooklyn. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>